Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life. Hi and welcome, uh, I'm Phil Parker. I'm going to talk today about something that's just cropped up in, in my life over the last, that last couple of weeks, which is a friend of mine's uh, just found themselves in a really difficult position in their lives. Uh, their relationship's fallen apart, um, it's affecting their financial security, and as a result, they are deep in depression, um, and in really not a good way, and so I've been supporting them, chatting to them every day, just kind of finding out what's going on. And what's shown up... Um, which is uh, what I want to share with you, is how you can really identify the patterns that encourage getting into depression and becoming really stuck. And by ident identifying those passion patterns for yourself, if you ever find yourself heading in that direction, you'll be able to stop uh, deepening the rut into that way of thinking and start to move yourself on. <clears throat> so there's a couple of things that show up. Um, What's happened is his relationships fall, fall apart and there are questions about how he's going to manage his future because his finances are very much tangled up with this relationship. When he's talking about it, what's interesting is the uh, first thing he's doing is he's thinking about the future, but in a very particular way. And this is one of the key things to encourage a sense of depression. And possibly at this point, it's just to highlight, depression is... Um, has kind of two main schools of thought. One is uh, depression is a biochemical phenomenon. That means that uh, pathways in your brain haven't got the right kind of neurotransmitters uh, and you need medication to resolve it. Um, this model is becoming more and more um, thought of as a bit old school uh, in that there are changes for sure in neurotransmitters and chemistry of the, of the brain. But the thought nowadays is that is the result of triggering certain pathways of thinking in a particular way about the world. The trouble is it gets to be a vicious circle that as you start to think about the world in a particular you know, depressive kind of way, that will change the pathways, it will change the, the neurotransmitters, which then makes it, of course, easier. And if you listen to any of my stuff before about neuroplasticity, pathways you use the most are the easiest to use. If you start using those pathways that end up with depressive feelings, they'll become easier to use. And then there will be brain changes. So you can find changes in all sorts of areas of the brain, particularly the hippocampus, I think the amygdala as well, in people who've got long-term depression. Um, so when I talk about uh, somebody heading towards depression, we're coming from this model that actually, instead of it being a biochemical problem, it's a problem in the way that we're triggering certain pathways, which then changes our biochemistry. So one of the things that's interesting uh, about the way he's thinking is he's thinking about the future in a very classic way that you'll always find in anybody who's got depression, which, and you can probably guess this, when they think about their future, they think about it as really bleak 
and very often they think about it as empty. So years ago I had a, a client who came to see me who had worked uh, in a major kind of news, um, TV news show uh, during one of the Gulf Wars and it was really high pressure and they had to be on it all the time and up all, all hours of days and nights and um, for her she managed this by drinking but what happened was after a while uh, the drinking started to get in the way of her performance and long story short in the end in spite of helping her uh, they said look we're gonna have to part ways what was interesting was every single morning she woke up she had this thought in her head which was and she's only like in her early 20s her first thought on waking was well the best of my life is over now if you imagine I only imagine it for a very short amount of time, but if you imagine starting each day drinking from that cup of coffee, you know, taking in that toxic thought of the best of my life is over, then what are you going to feel like? What pathways are you going to be in training? And what will the day feel like? Uh, many of us will even have this experience. You've got nothing to do, nothing planned in a day. It can feel like the day stretches forever. Whereas if you have lots of things planned, there's not enough time to fit it in. Our relationship to what we have, what we're up to in a day, will really change how we feel about the day. And for many people who have this experience of depression, it's like, well, then what's the point in getting up? There's nothing, there's nothing to do. There's no point. There's no purpose. And certainly there's a link between fulfillment, having something to do, and the absence of that, and having a sense of bleakness and blackness. And quite often, like this, this girl I was talking about, and, and like my friend, not only will there be a sense of um, bleakness of the future, there will be a sense of no point and nothing in the future. And this is one of the key recipes for depression. The other thing that tends to happen in depression is people focus on the past. And they look at the past in a very particular way. They're often viewing it with rose-tinted glasses. So, so one of the analogies, I'm sure you know the phrase, rose-tinted glasses mean looking at how great things were in a slightly uh, unreal uh, kind of way. Uh, the opposite of rose-tinted glasses, of course, is shit-tinted glasses where you see everything as dreadful. What people with depression tend to do, and they don't mean to do it, but their focus is on the, on the past, on how great it was, particularly compared to how now is, and then in the future viewing everything through the opposite set of glasses of everything being disastrous. So reviewing the past in a way that either is really positive, like, oh, oh that was so good, in a way it actually wasn't in real life. It wasn't as great, uh, but just because you don't have it anymore, you feel it was so extraordinary. The other thing that uh, people can do with the good things from the past is kind of go, oh, that was so good, but I don't have it now. So it may have been a good time, but their reference point of that past is reminding themselves of how I don't have it anymore. And you see this a lot uh, with athletes uh, who've gone off their game. They'll remember a time when they were really fast, but instead of remembering about being how fast they were, which would be a good thing to do, they remember how, oh, but I'm not fast now. So this editing process is very interesting. What's interesting, of course, is that, uh, and, and Yap Ko is a famous guy who describes uh, depression, um, and writes a lot about it, has, has a definition of depression, which is depression could be considered to be learned pessimism. 
the ability to start to see the worst in things. When, when we're young, when we're kids, we're not pessimistic. Uh, so if you say to say a small kid, it's your birthday, guess what I've got in this box? They're not going to go, oh, I bet it's going to be rubbish. It's just going to be empty. They're going to go, oh, what is it? What is it? We begin with an optimism and that slowly can get beaten out of us. But that's where we begin. So uh, the idea that depression is, is learned pessimism is kind of interesting. It's saying that uh, what we're doing is we're being pessimistic about the future. But of course, the future, one of the things we know about the future is it hasn't happened yet. So all our conjuring and conjecture about the future, you know, it's all made up. It's all imagined. But if we imagine it well enough, you know, powerful enough to be bad, we can get the feelings like a, a little advanced income on that future and feel what it feels like to be in that you know, upsetting, bleak future, even though it hasn't happened yet. So in this pattern of depression, we're seeing the past <coughs> seen as uh, somehow much more magical than it was, possibly also editing it out and going, I haven't got it anymore. But but that lost opportunity, that's, that's the main thing, this sense of I can't get that anymore and I've blown it. And then the future being bleak. So what are the solutions? Well, I'm going to talk about this in, in the next episode, but one of the solutions is to do exactly the opposite, to reverse that filter, to focus on, instead of going, why, why was that so good and why did I blow it? Or why have I lost it? To kind of go, okay, well, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought. These are the things that were wrong with it. So to view it in that way, or those things were good, but actually, I could get those again. That wasn't dependent purely on that relationship, on that job, which is often where we fall down. We, we kind of associate those experiences as being only provided by that one person, that one job, that one opportunity, instead of seeing that actually it was a result of us and how we were engaging with it. And then with the future, what we need to do is start to view it optimistically start to think, well, I haven't, don't have to deal with a lot of this stuff because often when these things break down, they weren't great. So you don't have to deal with that anymore. You don't have to deal with those crappy relationships or the difficulties and jobs that just didn't work for you. And instead, we can redefine and reimagine the future in a different way. And that may be quite a step for somebody who's going through some bleak times, but it is what they need to do step by step to build some expectation of a positive future. Now, we're talking about extremes here with depression, but have a look in your life and just think, well, where am I doing any of this? Where am I looking at the past in a kind of slightly rosier glow than it needs to be or is useful for me and, and conjuring up a future that's not very powerful for me, stressful, worrying or bleak and change that around? One of the simple ways to do this is really just envisage your future and make it brighter, make it lighter. And to take the past and just to shrink it down, those events that you want to be less bothered about. So you can start to move on. And of course, the third thing, very important, is to be here, be now, to be grateful and to acknowledge what you have. I'll see you on the next episode when I talk a little bit more about some of the important things you can notice when people are getting into depression, or as we'd say, doing depression, what you can do to catch yourself, or if you're working with somebody else or helping a friend, kind of things you can say that can make a difference so see you then bye if you like these podcast series then i think you'd really love finding out more about how we can work together best things you can do get hold of the other podcasts on itunes or get some of my extraordinary books which as i say if you like these podcasts they're very very similar life-changing 
fascinating ways of looking at the world. And the ultimate thing you could do, hey, come and train with me. I'd love to meet you in person. Let us know. Drop us an email, phil at philparker.org or go to the website, philparker.org. Sign up for the newsletters. There you'll get instant access to some of my latest audio downloads. And those downloads contain the latest research, techniques and tools to change your life and improve your health. So just register to get those right now. And I look forward to hanging out with you in person in the very near future. You take care now. Essential NLP. skills for a great life. Hi and welcome to episode 104 of Essential Skills of NLP with your host, me, Phil Parker.